What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday Track Talk podcast, episode number 12. Champ Blaney, number 12. Um, <laughs> we are the Three Stones Pit Crew. I am your gas man, Cameron. I'm your jack man, Kellen. And I'm your tire changer, Cam. And on this week's episode, um, feels like we haven't, we, uh, we've been live on the channel we put out some bonus content so it doesn't feel like too long ago that we've been uh convened talking about racing but uh we're going to do a little snowball recap um talk about the snowball derby down in pensacola florida and then um the the heavy hitter conversation this week um it's going to be a sad one um and we're going to have a debate and debacle on if you had to watch one series the rest of your life what would it be and why? So uh, kind of a sad conversation, If uh, conversation we hope we never have to have. So, um, yeah, I feel like we're going to have going to be a good debate. Um, hopefully we got um, some surprises. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, hasn't been too long since we've convened. We've been putting out bonus content for the people. You guys were live. Um What's new in the last 48 hours? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I, I enjoyed the live thing, just kind of hanging out, you know, and especially getting to interact with uh, any of the people that hopped in the chat. That was fun to watch, bringing, uh, bringing them kind of a live reaction to what was a crazy end of the snowball derby. So um, something new, something different. If you got ideas, shoot them our way for that. Um, that was just a, Hey, let's see what happens. Um, kind of a green run at it, but uh, <clears throat> other than that, oh, I got some brand new Goodyear stickers on the vehicle today. So hey, we're we're locked and loaded <laughs> for this whole deal. So, but yeah, other than that, no, good. It was that was fun. I enjoyed that. So yeah, that was real fun. Just uh, again having that conversation with everybody that was chiming in in the comments. I know a lot of times we're we're you know, in the group chat going back and forth on, on races, but it was actually kind of neat to have, um, you know, that actual face-to-face -face conversation and live reaction with each other. I was also thoroughly surprised when we got to the end of that race, how many people were, were tuned into the live stream and, and viewing with us. So it's really cool to see how many people were, were tuned in for that. And um, yeah, I know it was a blast. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing another one of these in, in the future, maybe in the near future next weekend hopefully hey oh <laughs> yeah so coming weekend obviously yep. uh gas man i was not not quite in the live but uh i was alive and well in the comments section uh, <laughs> so no i thought that was a, an awesome experience uh for you guys and obviously i watched uh the majority of it so um i think that's going to be something we're going to just continue to try to do um and like we said uh we don't have a a ton of brains up top so uh we're learning on the fly we're going to give everything our best crack have fun while we're doing it and, and just continue to do it so um yeah and like you said uh not not to leak it but uh gateway dirt nationals there is about a 99 99.9 percent .9 chance uh we got a live session for that so um it should be fun. Uh, looking forward to that. And um, yeah, it was cool to see people joining in, commenting with us. And 
just shooting ideas back and forth and again again just interacting with humans like us who live and breathe racing so <laughs> no that was uh fun so without further ado if uh nothing else is new other than racing we diving right in i think so yeah. Might as well. I think we got a lot between our two topics. We got a lot to discuss, enough to discuss. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So uh, let's, dump, let's jump right in. Um, I know in lacrosse down here, um, definitely no snowballs yet, so that's positive. But <laughs> um, the Snowball Derby at Five Flags Speedway down in Pensacola, Florida. Um, great race. Um, but I'm going to just go totally off schedule. No better way to start it than, uh, something unplanned. You guys got to grade that race one to 10, 10 being that is must watch TV. Gotta be there. We need to be in person and one being, yeah, I'll, I'll skip buying that next year. Where are you guys rating it? I, if it's, it's gotta be at least a nine, nine and a half. I was going to say I was going to give it a 9.1 out of 10. I was going to go like, not first number that came to mind was nine and a half, just because yep. you can't have the absolute 10. I mean, it's impossible to get a 10. So <laughs> yeah. it's at nine and a half. I mean, it, it was just so good. Just yeah. so good. Even, even with the weather that changed everything. Yeah. From getting qualifying in to making sure the track was right to the last chance to, how they handled the feature, um, even with all that being in play. I think really the only the only hiccup that we had that entire weekend was the brief delay in qualifying to clean the track off. Yep. But you got to give kudos to the officials as well for listening to the drivers and taking the initiative, cleaning it off, and giving everybody that fair chance. I don't know. Then I thought of this too as they did it. Dylan Fetcho to to volunteer himself to go oh, clean the track off. Absolutely. The kahunas, my lord. Not he even said, that. No, I'll do it. You know what I'm thinking of though, too, is like, hell, that's an extra three laps of practice that I can get. Yeah, that too. But he said, Yep, I'll do it. <laughs> oh my god, good okay. for him. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was good. Yeah, that was and yeah, again, kudos to them for listening to drivers because Majeski was one that was very, very vocal, and he was even buckled in. Yeah, and I, I, I think it was a mistake, but that jet dryer or that blower went through there, and it blew everything from the third groove right down on the wall where all the guys yeah. run. And I think he saw that, and he said, "Hold on a second. Yep. Um, let's look this over before." We and he got it. the other guys behind him on board too. Yep. So it was sure. that was the other thing too. It's like you get the competitive. Uh, sportsmanship out of each other too. It was like, hey, we all want to, you know, have our fair chance at it. Yeah, yeah, we'll go to bat with you on this too. Yeah, and Ty's a very, very good boys to have in your corner too. Obviously, with his prestige and and NASCAR, a little bit of the NASCAR racing, but especially on the super late model scene. I mean, Christ, who doesn't know the name Ty Majeski? Right. Exactly. So, obviously, some high praise. Um, and it's no surprise that race produced as advertised mm. and I feel like it always does. So um, 
again, awesome show. And again, for what they put on down there and being able, like you guys mentioned, with with the weather and being able to move things around, they controlled the controllables. What they could control, they did a dang good job putting on the best show they could for the fans. So kudos to that crew and what they did. And obviously, um, like you said, with the qualifying stuff and listening to drivers, it's not a NASCAR situation at, was it New Hampshire? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, send him. (laughs) And then the field goes from 39 to 18 in one corner. Um, so, no, kudos to them. And I, again, like I said, they, they controlled the controllables. What they could control, they did a dang good job doing. Um, and I think that just speaks volume to them, volumes to that crew. And then, obviously, um, the racing perspective, um, everything they did uh, from that point of view was, or for what the drivers put on, uh, was awesome. So I guess as we get into it, um, before we get into our, our deep dive topics, we'll do another quick hitter. What was your 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 one takeaway or your one storyline that you took away from that race? Tire changer, you're on the clock. Tire changer, I'm on the clock. Uh a little bit of a surprise name that I that was up front that I exactly wasn't expecting. We'll kind of hit on it later, but I'll I'll leave it at that. A name that I didn't exactly expect to be up front. I would, I would agree with that stat, uh, statement. I would also say um, from that, even up until the big rack, the million-dollar rack, um, I would say the dominance of three to four cars. Yeah. So that's another one I would say is just you had three cars in the top five the whole day that had the best cars on the track at any given point. So. That's and to me, I was thinking there would be a little bit more movers and shakers, but uh, to see three cars, three, four cars dominate that race like they did, that was that was pretty crazy to see. And to add on to that, a lot of that shaking was from pretty much fifth on back. Yeah, you saw a lot of that shaking going on, and but you had a lot of guys during interviews say, "Yeah, I was a sixth place car. I was a ninth place car." It's like they knew damn well what they had, and it's like, "Yeah, we just we didn't have a chance." I want to say um, one of my surprises was I want not not that it's I guess expected, but um, I guess anytime. NASCAR guys come to, uh, you know, a short track race like this, everybody expects a, a William Byron to do the same thing that he does on Sundays to be able to hop, hop behind the wheel and drive that thing to the front. And then Eric Jones and a time Majeski, which obviously he did, but. Um, North Gregson, Ryan Priest, Those guys that, you know, everybody thinks, Oh, they're NASCAR guys going up against, you know, some local guys. Yeah, they're going to show up and just dominate the race and run away with it. Not so fast. Not the case. That's um, why. That's why I've always enjoyed them coming up to like the Slinger Nationals in Kakana for the formerly named Dixieland 250. Now again, yep. Dread Auto 250. I mean, it's them guys come up. It's not a guarantee that they're going to do any good. You well, know, right, and they may be taking provisionals to get into the show. Yep. No, Look at the Slinger, Na- Slinger Nationals. You got Dennis Prunty on the pole. Yeah. Or quick qualifier. Yep. 
and not only that, but um, I think that's what makes this short, this asphalt short track racing awesome is, you know, you put on an event like this and, you know, on you go to a track on, on a Sunday in NASCAR and it's like, all right, you can count on one hand who your heavy favorites are and who you think's who's going to win the race. I mean, on our episodes, we took three, three guesses every week or three picks and we're pretty damn close of one of us three picking the race winner. So, you know, to, I think that speaks volumes to this racing as well is that these guys can't show up, but not only that, I feel like some of these late model drivers, like when these guys show up, it's like a bubble Pollard who's well-known and, you know, Steven asked like these guys, like they're not laying down for anything. Like they want to like, they accept that challenge. Oh yeah. Well, Eric Jones, William Byron, Noah Greggs, and Ryan Priest. Oh, you're going to show up and try to think that you're going to show me. Like, I kind of love how those, I feel like those late model guys, like, embrace it. These NASCAR guys come into the races, and they embrace it and say, bring it. Um, I'll I'll show you how to race a a super late model on a short track. Um, So, I guess that was, you know, one of the the things I thought is obviously obviously some of those um, heavy hitters that – you know, people would look at the entry list right away and say, oh, yeah, that's would probably be a pretty good pick to win it. Um, and it doesn't and just stem from the, everybody thought they would go ahead. It sorry. doesn't just stem from the super lates, too. It goes over to those late model stocks. You know, the dirt seeds kind of cherry picked, but not cherry picked, but there's one guy that particularly runs it, but it's not a guarantee he's going to win it all the time. And Kyle Larson, but yet Dale Jr. run the late, the limited late model stocks. He had Ryan Priest, Josh Berry come in run a couple of those races um you know it's just you see it all over the place and those guys that do run that those series on a regular basis like all right this is sure you're coming in but i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that i kick your ass when you come in it's kind of to me i take it as a kind of you get that uh and and nasty's nasty i this his look comes to my mind he kind of gets that look in his eye and he goes yeah we're excited to have him here (laughs) i'm ready to make a fool of them yeah i'm I'm glad they could come run with us like you get that little bit and it's like yep he's he's ready to rock and roll yep so i just he he kind of gets that little look and he's like yeah we're excited they're here and it's like you know he's gonna have that piece ready to rock oh yeah so absolutely so yeah obviously good job guys on hitting those quick one hitters um i love going off script so uh, oh they're good (laughs) let's get back on script um and obviously we got kind of a couple topics but um kel i'll let i'll let the old jack man where do you want to start with this with the snowball derby 2023 you know i think when you look at it um (laughs) qualifying was some surprises, but I would say when you look at it, like for me, the two surprises were not surprises. One being Majeski, how he finished going out first. Yep. Uh, he locked himself in in a dominant way, being the first car on the track. That's that's tough to do. No doubt yep. about that. Um, so he obviously had a piece that was ready to go. Um, but I would say the other, the latter part of that, not the surprise, is Derek Thorne being on the pole. He Absolutely. had the best. He had the, he was the number one car across all of practice averages. So, um, Derek Thorne just loves that place. Oh, and he knows how to get around there. So 
If he's got a piece, he could take a, a sixth place car and he can make it a pole winning car. Um, because he just he's that good at at their um at Pensacola. But um I think from qualifying you go to the last chance, really. Like and it was from lap one, turn one, it was gloves off. Oh yeah. And they wrecked some equipment doing it. Uh which and the broadcasters kept saying it like this is a surprise. Like we haven't seen this in a long time. And this could be a lead into what's going to be the Derby on Sunday um, or later. But that to me was a surprise is just how many guys were not going to lift. And I think the Hoss of R and Sammy Smith incident might have been a little bit of that. Um, Jesus. But <laughs> that to me, that was the surprise in that race is guys were just, I don't want to say roughing each other up, but they were going to take an inch and then they were going to take another six inches and it just turned into wrecking equipment. So I was, uh, I was thoroughly surprised in qualifying. Like everybody, like it was the first lap. Your first lap was your fastest lap. Yeah. And yeah, that's very untraditional what we see. It's usually that second lap, which I mean, if you look at it, I guess that is the second lap. Cause they give them that one warm up lap or, up to speed lap coming around. So I guess that theoretically is their second lap. Um, but you had a couple guys too, where they had the, you took the slowest of the two laps in order to get in and Gregson and Fenhouse who both pulled that off uh, and five. had a hell of a laps to get themselves in. Yeah. I, I have one. would want to get your guys thoughts on this. Uh, obviously like Kellen mentioned, green flag drops and everybody's got their gloves off. And I guess I want to get your guys' thoughts or opinions on, obviously, you know, some of these guys are truck drivers, Xfinity, Cup, you know, you name it. And I feel like a lot of times in Cup or in any NASCAR series, we're always having that conversation of, are we going too far? Are we racing hard, but with respect, or are we just sending it in there and and we don't give a shit, we'll tear up equipment? Where do you guys think th this race falls uh, on that line? Are, are we racing hard, but with respect, or are we? do we have some bonehead moves of guys saying, yep, I'm going to send it, I'm going to drive it hard, and if I tear up my stuff, I tear it up? Where do you I guys I want to chime in first on this one because this I think this phrase that I've heard several times, especially on the iRacing scene for any iRacers out there, they know this really well. You don't win the race on the first lap, but you sure as hell can lose it on the first lap. <laughs> Amen, brother. You can so, lose it on lap 25, too. When we yeah. Stuff up. I, I think... I haven't decided. I haven't officially decided in my mind if it was just a racing deal, or if guys were just being a little, a little too over aggressive. Some I of think, them. Well, think... watching that replay of that one, there was a little bit of checking up that that occurred in that one too. Yeah. But it is one of those too. Like some of them guys, like Preston Peltier, who is starting in the back of that race, knows he has a fast car and has a short, really a short time to do it. Cause they were saying a typical future lap or future race. There's a hundred laps. So you're yep. cutting that feature race in half. And that's your B main to get into the snowball derby. Yep. Nerves are going to be up a little bit. And you're not going to be afraid to burn your stuff up to get into the feature. 
No. You just want to get in. Yeah. So I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's the snowball derby effect, but I also think there was guys that were maybe just a, a touch too aggressive. Yeah. I and and you go you brought up Carson Hosevar and that whole deal. I mean, man, that's a tough way to go. But I also it, it there's you know, some a lot of people are putting blame on Carson, a lot of people are putting some blame on Sammy Smith. I mean, I think it, in the end of it, it's both of them are guilty just because I, they were both in a transfer spot at the time. Right. And it's somebody, co- somebody could have lifted to get the other one in. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. Kind of scenario. whether it's, it's Carson maybe being conservative on the, you know, dive in that he had going into three or Sammy Smith lifting just a tad in order to get, get let Carson gather stuff up coming out for right yeah most of our and I, I think the streak continues i will give him some credit slick paint scheme yes i did like that red white and that neon yellow um so thought that was a slick paint scheme we've mentioned him before and my bad for not doing enough research on it but did he grow up on, on super late model racing yeah. or what's his background? Because oh, I think no. a little, a little, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, I think he had quite a little bit of everything because we met, I mentioned it before and been the first to knock him on, on this scene, but it feels like, you know, this is his car and his race team and, you know, whatever, but it's just not his scene. Like I feel like, I feel like anytime he gets behind the wheel, of that you know, we mentioned it that I think you know, last week or yeah, it was last week yeah. that we were talking about what what was that big race in Michigan that anytime he gets behind the wheel of something or a super late, it's like something's breaking, something's going wrong. So, according to the internet, it even more uh, the Wikipedia. You know, the greatest source of information out there. Um, started in quarter midgets, won a ton of races and a ton of championships in that. Raced at Berlin in the outlaw late model division. Then he jumped to supers uh, for a couple of years, won the track super late model championship there, and then jumped to the Arkham Menard series from there. Okay. Yeah. So a fairly traditional asphalt. Uh, quarter midgets. So he did a ton of dirt before he jumped up to the asphalt. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's <clears throat> yeah. I don't know about that whole deal. It's you look out for me, I'll look out for you. We were both transferred or going to be. And it was they it, it was kind of that five car field that was fighting for those four positions too. So it's not like I I at least I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of competition that you had to worry about behind you. No, there was a big gap back to fifth or sixth, whatever it was. Yeah, it wasn't like they were. It wasn't like they were lined up first to fifteenth on the bottom, making laps. Yep. Yeah. So I guess getting into obviously some of our some of our main topics here, we we're going to talk about um, Derek Thorne. We obviously. One of us made that pick. Um, 
to be to be a race winner. Um, but dang, after the three after the three practice session pra practice sessions and qualifying, tire changer, you had to be feeling pretty good about that pick, huh? Oh, absolutely. Sitting on the pole, Majeski coming in P four, I believe he qualified. Yeah, four or five. Yep. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, I have this in the bag as far as oh. our race picks went. And then, well, then it's like even then too. And, and really, it was just that car as the longer runs went on, just did not like the tires it was on. I mean, it was a noticeable loose coming out of well everywhere both in out i mean that sucker was loose yeah he was working hard to keep that thing straight and it just he and he said in his interview it just he never was able to really get that car to like those tires even any adjustments that they made it just never really did anything for that car and, yeah. it, and it's it, it if you're gonna win the snowball derby i mean you gotta be on it yeah. you and can't have a bad car in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and whatever it was, obviously, uh, he picked up right where he left off last year, winning that thing, and showing up this week, and or last week, and practice sessions and qualifying, it sure looks like, holy, sh holy smokes. We had talked about it on, on our bonus content. You picking a repeat winner, or you picking the field? An old tire changer had to be sitting there pretty confidently – going into Sunday saying repeat repeat um but like you said um obviously whatever happened you know throughout that run tires set up whatever it was um something wasn't right in like a race like that slightest adjustment that goes in the wrong direction sends you back miles so um obviously was a solid solid to start looked to be a heavy favorite but um things didn't go quite go his way which that sums up the snowball derby but getting into a little bit of the race here nasty pollard for and again majeski those were your front runners as those front runners are, are kind of duking it out and running away, what's going through your guys' mind? You guys saying uh, the winner's going to come from this group? Are they using up their stuff? I guess what's going through your mind is as those four are, you know. Yeah, winner's coming from that group. I agreed, but I also thought like Nassi and Paul were really pulling away from third place, whoever was in third place. I'm like, them guys are going to burn their stuff up and they're going to have nothing at the end. So I thought they were going to be the ones that gave it up. You think Bubba, you think Bubba would. I guess my thought is I don't think Bubba's been around the scene long enough not to do that. And then Steven Nassi has too, but it's you're. You know, second place is maybe trying to push that guy in first a little bit to try and get him to burn some stuff up. You know, that guy in first is trying to, you know, get a distant, a gap to second to be able to to conserve a little bit. And it's just, there was, it's an all back and forth type of thing. And they just never really were able to get the situations, situations that they wanted. And before you know it, 25 laps have gone by and you burned up more than you wanted to. Yep. I'd agree. 
Um, especially on some of those runs where there was a few cautions early where it took a little bit to get going. But then once we got going, we got those 75 lap runs. We got the long runs and you could see who had the cars on the long runs. And those three cars in particular kind of brought themselves to the top. Um, mm -hmm. And they just found a way to be there, whether it be their, <clears throat> their drive and what they were doing with the car or the way it was just set up. But those guys found themselves up front when you talk about those three cars led a majority of the laps. So, yeah, that uh, that was quite interesting. And I think at, at the end of the day, you get through a couple of runs, you give a guy a couple opportunities to make adjustments, and then the last competition caution happens. And that's one of those, like, really? okay, everybody's everybody's got the stuff that they got. Here's where you're going to see, you know, haymakers thrown and, and, you know, no more favors being done type of thing. And. We didn't even get into turn one before all hell broke loose. You had, oh my God, the list of cars that they had, they had smashed up and down. Gregson, who was up front all day. Gregson, Thorne, um, who, I mean, the list was on and Chet on. Nolan, William Byron, Jake Finch, Derek Thorne, Hunter Robbins, Swalge. Eric Jones. Swalge pulled away. But he's got a piece of it, there. but he pulled away, yep. After they got Jones off his off his hood, sniff <laughs> <laughs> um, around in there. But yeah, that wreck, and then again we go on a little bit of a longer run, and you know, obviously Gregson he admitted he missed a shift, and it happens whether he yep. missed the shift or the car didn't go in gear. It's yep. here nor there at that point. Um, and then we have our little dust up. At the end of the race there, what was that with five to go? Before we get too far into that, how about some of the hits that were in that race? Oh, dude. Um, thank God we got Jackson Boone out of that car. Yeah. So he did post, and we talked about this when and him and Jones made a little contact, and he tried to catch that thing, and he ended up squaring up the wall, basically top speed down the in turn concrete one. wall to boot. And he, he openly posted on Facebook that when officials got there, he was unconscious. Yep. Uh, he hit that hard. I saw a little bit of a, not urgency, but a little bit of, not and not panic, but definitely a little bit of a hurry from there. one of the officials. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I don't like the look of that. I didn't make a comment on it, but I'm like, ooh, that, nah, something's up. Yeah. And then even, even Gregson, when he got turned, he got, that was yeah. a hit. He got a couple of good hits. There was another just – they had them wound up going into one, and that just – that was a hit. So, it, thankfully, again, to all of our safety innovations in the sport, that we've got guys that can get can, out of the car. And can race and, another day. Right. They can see another day. Um, but there were some pretty wicked hits there for – especially when you look at Jackson Boone and Gregson and yeah, some of those other guys that just get piled up. It's just you're in, you're in the battering ram there, so – and then, yeah, with that front stretch one, I mean, you look at it, it's just like, oh, Jesus, just an absolute dump yard. Like you were saying yeah. earlier, that million-dollar wreck, just how much money is sitting there, just yeah. just wrecked. Yeah, that was wild. but Including including a snowball derby winning car in Derek Thorne. Yeah. And it's all – it's you put a car back together, it's never the same as it was. So it's mm – -hmm. 
Yep. For sure. Somebody's race pick. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah, one of mine was in there and William Byron. Um but I, I kind of to that point, obviously, um it was getting to that point where you were waiting for it. It's getting down to it. Guys are starting to get a little bit more. I'm not saying this is antsy. Antsy. Um, hey, let's go. If you've been saving anything, stop saving. Let's go. Now's the time. Um, but somebody who obviously you just mentioned, um, Eric Jones. He wasn't going to win the race, but he's going to keep his name in the broadcast and for the wrong reasons. Um, obviously, you mentioned he wrecks Boone. Um, Luke Fenhouse, Wisconsin guy, was having a good run. Was not happy at all with Eric mm-hmm. Jones um, in his race. So it's tough um, when it gets down there. When it gets down to those last couple laps, you Guys are pushing it further than they should. Yeah. Putting it all in line. And then, like you guys said, the, the million-dollar wreck wasn't the way we anticipated it happen. It's like Daytona. It's like, when's the big one going to happen? You it know, just like, it happens. You, you're just waiting for it, and that's why you can't use the bathroom during the race because just when you <laughs> do, the big one happens. Um well, it's like you made you made a comment like, Cam, have you even gone to the bathroom yet in this race? I'm like, no, that's why. <laughs> but obviously that wasn't the way we expected it to happen. But again, it happens and yep. it it sucks because it took a lot, a lot of people up. But and then right in there, we get two of the best going at it, Bubba Pollard and Stephen Nassie. What were your guys' thoughts on that? Fair, here we go. Here's your opportunity. Fair fall or racing? Fair, because I think a part broke. Uh, we, don't, we don't know, but... I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say racing a little bit closer to... Not foul, but... If if one is racing, ten is foul, I'm gonna say a six. Hard racing, a little bit of a block, but we don't know what happened with Pollard. Uh and, and Nassie even said it too that you know he got he got the fender a little bit coming out of four from Bubba to get underneath them. And he said, Yeah, I was gonna go and I was gonna pinch him as much as he could I could, but he didn't drive him into the wall either. Right. He didn't he didn't totally cut him off and wreck him. Yep. He yeah he was just gonna make it difficult to pass and under ten to go, absolutely. And that's what that clean air meant to that car. Yep. Yep. So I, I, to answer the question, hard racing is what I'm gonna say. Yep. And obviously you get two guys that are not well. I mean Stephen S. He's obviously not happy because he had a a good car. Um, and that was you know I was talking about kind of a surprise guy up there i just especially when we saw him at madison early in the year he just that beginning of the year he was just not good couldn't make a feature you know he had a really he had a good race 
uh, go on at Winchester and just, you know, obviously that whole situation happened. A guy that I wasn't expecting, I was expecting him to be in the feature, but not that well in the feature. And he's running up front, you know, he fighting. A lot of laps. Yeah. Yeah. He looked all laps. Yep. For yep. sure. So it just. I, I thought one of, the, one of the funniest, one of the, one of the interviews um, with Bubba post race was, you know, was it, they asked him, they interviewed Nassi first and Nassi gives his, yeah, I chopped him this, you know, whatever. Didn't mean to, but had to try to, you know, keep him behind me, chopped him, you know, my fault, whatever. They, I don't know if you guys saw this, but they go interview Bob and they're like, you know, does this make it more frustrating that, you know, this arguably like this is your Daytona, you've got, you know, good cars, but this was arguably your best car, you know, whatever. And he said, yeah, you know, whatever. And then they said, you know, Steven said this was his take, you know, <laughs> your thoughts. And I don't know if you guys saw him. He's like, well, if that's what he said and that's what you're saying, what do I have to say? It was just like, yeah. he's like, why do I have to comment? He's like, you're telling me that's what he said. Well, what do I need to say? It was just like a one, it was a short one liner where you could clearly tell he's not thrilled with the move. And, but And that's what he was saying on the, the racing America broadcast too. I mean, there was those one liners and just, you could tell he was not happy. Yeah. So obviously you could probably say for him, <clears throat> that probably is the best phrase brought down there. Oh, absolutely. That's what they were asking him. And he's like, yeah, obviously it sucks. I hate getting wrecked out of any race, but like you said, he was somebody who was not pleased with some of the restarts too. Um, obviously, some of the radio communication with him and is it his sister? Yeah, it's his sister. That's what I said, tell racing control, start watching this shit, or they're going to get a, people are getting away with this shit, whatever. So if they can get away with it, I can get away with it. Yep. But yeah, obviously. Um, Sucks for Bubba. Both had good cars, and that's what you hate when you have two good cars like that that are running up front, running for the running for position on the lead lap. Um, and they get taken out. So that's winding down towards the end of the race. Obviously, Majeski gets by. Majeski crosses the crosses the line first. Wins his wins the fifty sixth snowball derby. Um, was his second correct? Now he's a yep. two-timer. Second yep. in four years. Second in four years gets the job done. Um, and I threw his chat kind of, kind of in the in the YouTube chat. Obviously, Majeski and Toby got something good, good going together. But tying that ninety-one just knows how to get it done. It's it's the perfect storm to just be dominant. Yep. When you get Toby Noodleman, who has openly said that he cares about two things, snowmobiles and race cars, and Ty yep. Majeski, who could just absolutely wheel a race car and knows his way around a race car, too. Yep. I mean, 
you can't ask for a much better, much better duo. You got somebody like that. You got somebody who took a year off from the truck series to work as a mechanic or in the shop of a truck. Yep. So not the trucks and super lates are the exact same, but obviously you learn from somebody like that, you know, when something's happening, you know, if you're tight, if you're loose, it's not the same, but guarantee when he, when something's, when his car's not handling the weight, like he's got a list of three things where he's like, these are the three things I'm thinking. And you know, Toby's got his three things. And like those, that combo together is, it's dangerous and it's dominant. Sorry, I cut you off, Kel. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that we were talking about the truck thing with him working there for a year without driving. <clears throat> it may not be exact one to the other, but the concepts, the ideas, the premise, it, it, it's racing. It's we're, we're trying to make laps fast, and those concepts and ideas of what to do in these scenarios might not be exact translations, but <clears throat> the concepts and ideas carry over so much. And it's like, even with those truck races too, you saw a handful of races where Toby was at those races in the garage with him, Joe Shear Jr. and Ty, which I still think Toby was involved in a couple of those uh, penalties that Majeski acquired over the, the playoff stretch. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just when you're around a guy for so, for so long and so often, you could just, you know what each other wants without clicking. And it's like with the amount of races that I go to, what I hear them in practice, you know, they go out, run three laps, they're at the top of the board. Yeah, let's just try this, see what it does. They're just experimenting at this point. Building well, a notebook. Yep. Building a notebook. And do I know what the scary part is? Like those two know those cars so well. Like they're probably on both on the same wavelength. Guaranteed. They could probably they could probably build a race car in the week in a week and not say a single word to each other. Hey, we're a half second off the pace, and they come together and go, "What are you thinking?" And the other goes, "What are you thinking?" And they'd probably spit back the same exact answer on the adjustments of the car. Yep, yep. But obviously, so Tom Majeski gets done represent Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Well, he comes across the line first. Gio Ruggiero in second. Travis Braden in third. Cole Butcher fourth. Matt Craig fifth. Stephen Nassie sixth. Derek Griffith, 7th, 8th, Luke Fenhaus, let's go Wisconsin, ninth, Jacob Gomes, 10, William Swalich. I don't know if you want me to keep going or much further, Not. but um, I guess we kind of wrap this conversation up. Um, I guess what was, what was your guys' final thoughts uh, on the results in the race and uh, the Snowball Derby? Kind of hammering on that top five. I'm also looking at the, I'm looking at the, the uh, MyLapse version of it. So it gives me the plus and minus of their starting position. Uh, obviously, Ty, he's sorry, he started second, so he was up one position. Uh, Gio Ruggiero started 30th, gained 28 positions that race. Travis Braden started 20th, he gained 17. Cole Butcher started 28th, he gained 24 positions in that race. Uh, and Matt Craig started 14th, gained nine. Given there was a little bit of circumstance around it, but you had three guys in the top 10 that gained 15 plus positions in that race. And you got to get through that to be there. So, yep. 
Butcher, it, it, even even before those couple ones, he was making his way through Travis Brayden. He's won it before. He knows how to pick his way through a field as well. And Giro Ruggiero, I mean, he's probably one of the the better late model drivers in the country right now. You know, you know, he's not going to be sitting back anytime soon. So it's you have you still had a very good group of drivers finishing that top five with a little bit of luck, but they were definitely going to make it hard on some other guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna. The snowball derby in one word, thrilling. Yep. That's so I'm gonna leave it at that. Fifty-six annual snowball derby, thrilling. You're in. No, no, and my you're word out. Was, okay, let's so pull around. Let's go around. Let I Callan just threw his word out. Thrilling. Entire change. What's your one word to describe snowball derby? I'm gonna say it's one word because you could throw a hyphen in there and that makes it one word. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Must see. Yep. I, my one word, chaos. Fair. It, you, just, take... you don't know what, you have no idea what's going to happen. You think you have a good idea. And obviously, like we, we, you know, in our two episodes, we talked about it last week. We obviously had a decent idea of, hey, here are some of the, you know, Derek Thorne, here are some of the names. These are our expectations. But shit, it didn't take long for chaos to ensue. One in qualifying, then you get into the last chance qualifier. Like you just like, and it's chaos. Even in, it's it's chaos for the qualifying draw. You don't want to be one of the first ones out in the qualifying draw, and that's where guys start to stress out. Yep, chaos start to finish till the yeah. till the, till the, the from the till time the they bring the haulers in to the time the tech sheds over with. Yep, that's what we should have. That's what we should have titled this episode. Chaos must see thrilling. Which <laughs> I want to touch on the tech shed real quick. Because obviously in the past years, that tech shed has been very, very noticeable as far as taking a very long time to go through. Being like, why are we checking this and all that? They were done at 8 p.m. Central Time on yep. Sunday. Someone yep. made a comment. It's like, we're done already? Hell, line those pro late models up. We're going racing yet tonight. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, chaos is a good word. On. Thrilling. Yep, thrilling. Yeah, thrilling is another one in must see. Um, if we're going to, if we're, we're going to reference this episode next year when we get into Snowball Derby Week, um, we'll reference this episode and we'll, maybe that'll be the title of uh, yeah. resurface these three, these three yeah. slogans for the race. If uh, um, I want to throw this out here too, if all three of us end up going to that one, we have to do everything from qualifying draw, hauler parking. Like it's this is going to be a five day venture if we're going to do oh, it. Yeah. Oh hell! If the big league keeps on yeah. that weekend before. Yep. Hey, it's a business trip, dude. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Amen we'll, to that. We'll write these traveling expenses off. <laughs> <laughs> Must see YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, kind of. If you guys don't have any other final thoughts, um, I was just gonna scroll through, and obviously, we were gonna do a golf score. Um, we all picked two drivers. Cal, who did you pick? I had the Campy Crew and Nassie and Byron. Van I Roma. forgot about that. 
I didn't even realize that until she brought up that she had the campy crew. Man, yep, I, I had the whole campy squad. Man, girl, who did you have? Uh, I had Ty Majeski and Derek Thorne. And I had the Homer, Johnny Sauter, and Bubba Pollard. The local Homer. So a brief scroll, I had Johnny Sauter at 14th and Bubba Pollard at 19th. So Which brings you to 33. So that brings me to 33. Kel, and you had who? Uh, Nasty and Byron. Byron was the 22nd, and Nasty was 6th, so 28. I had Majeski and Thorne, so where'd Thorne finish? Hopefully 27th. 26th. 26th. I squeaked by by one point. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Let's Uh, go. I was looking really good, and then one Thorne went out. I thought... Honestly, Cam, I thought you were going to be a higher score with with Sauter staying in it. I know um, when you guys text me the rat, he's like two laps down, and then you guys text me you're like, "Oh, Sauter snuck through because he's so deep." I'm like, "Oh, awesome, we're good." You're gonna you got those five laps back on those cars that all went off on the hook. So yeah. I won the weekend by one point, but we were also going to say that. This is going to determine the picking order for the Gateway Nationals in two weeks, which means you get first pick. Ah, well, I already got the first pick in mind, so. <laughs> Good luck with that. You got to get to the preliminary night, too. Yeah, he's got he's got a wrap for his testing session, so we're definitely dialed in. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even know who you guys are talking about. Yeah. Who? Old Bishop. Yeah. Did you guys see that practice at, at Millbridge? Oh, that was awesome. And this, the rap for practice, insane. So, <laughs> obviously, um, you heard it right there. Um, Snowball Derby. Thrilling chaos must see. Um, that is the best way that the pit crew could describe it. Um, awesome race. That race is just going to continue to produce best of the best. And again, I'm going to just throw it out there. Those are three words to describe it. Thrilling, chaos, and must see. So watch the highlights. Tune in next year. Those same three words are going to be describing it next year again. Um, And maybe next year we can get the pit crew boots on the ground. Who knows? But well, if that wraps up the Snowball Derby, we are going to get into the conversation. Jackman, you're always scheming something. He's always scheming something. See, but we're he's kind of worried, too, because I'm going first this time around. Yeah, yep. so he's, he's got option B. Anyways. Um, so if you guys didn't see last week's then uh, last week's episode, um, this week's conversation uh, for us was you get to choose one series to watch for racing the rest of your life. Obviously, we hope we never have to make a decision like this in our lives, and we never yeah. have to have this conversation. Or this will be the last time we ever have this conversation, because um, damn, that would be a sad day. But um, without further ado, 
we're going to jump right into this. The pit crew came with their series, what series they're watching the rest of their lives, and a few reasons why. I think you guys might even put together um, a PowerPoint. Um, no PowerPoint for me this week. I just got everything up in this big stone. We're ready to roll. So um, without further ado, um, let's dive right in. Uh, tire changer, you're going first. That what I am. What series are you watching the rest of your life and why? Well, I had better do this first. I had better get the old PowerPoint up, right? Make the sucker look good. For the rest of eternity. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, yes, what series of racing would the tire changer watch for the rest of the journey? And like you said, you threw out this, that disclaimer. Oop, I got to get this thing to work. This is a theoretical question. I'll watch whatever race I can get my dick addicted self to watch. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, I don't know if you guys might have catch it when I was walking back in from getting my beverage here, and I've been kind of hunching over to kind of hide my sweatshirt here because it's kind of tying into uh, what my answer is going to be. Simply put, NASCAR. I mean, I'm going to go oh, with the low-hanging oh. fruit on this one. Surprise. Okay. Okay, right. so I think we're getting yeah. there. So, and, and, I mean, <clears throat> there are a variety of reasons. Um so I guess we'll we'll just start with it. The pros, I mean, it's a 38 race schedule, so you cover a vast majority of the year. Um, you're gonna get it on a weekly basis. I am sticking kind of strictly to cup for this scenario. Um, you know, if we're really getting a series base, I think the trucks, the Xfinities, and the Cup are all three different series. Um, so I'm sticking with the cup in this scenario. Um, so like I said, 38 race schedule, 36 regulars or uh, point span races then you have the few exhibition races to go with it as well uh and you, have, you race on a variety of tracks and i think those tracks have definitely spread out uh over the years you hit the super speedways intermediate tracks and the short tracks you had a handful of road court two road courses in your past now you're up to what is it six i think we're up to now six or seven including yep. a street course which you know, we talked about that in a previous episode with the Chicago street course, what kind of racing that produced and what it can be. You also got an arena track in the LA Coliseum, a, a track that just gets that. built for that. What's that? I completely forgot about that. Yep. Bush like clash. Yep. So you get a wide variety of tracks that they race <laughs> on. And that's what you want. I think out of any racing series for the most part, or at least, you know, on a very higher level, a NASCAR, a Formula One, an IndyCar, you want to see that variety of tracks um, that those guys race on. Um, being fortunate to be able to go to a handful of races, the at-track experience is, is phenomenal as well. Between, you know, pre-race parties that go on, if you ever get, I've never done the infield camping, but that could be a blast at, at some places that you go to. Talladega is one that just jumps right out of the gate right away. Um, you know, they got the concourse area outside of the track they've always got the souvenir trailers and events going on there they usually got sim and you can get you know sometimes uh down in the infield too pre-race and and you know get up close with the cars and see the pre-race concert and all that um with the newer generation cars that are out there too it's i think it's more adept to be able to see a lot of great racing too it's it handles great on the road courses super speedways obviously never really changed the intermediate tracks have really picked up over the past handful of years with this car short tracks have kind of fallen off a little bit but they had a test today which you know that's a whole other discussion in its own right um but i so the car kind of helps you know with the production of racing 
schedules, you know, it's always changing, especially with Ben Kennedy kind of in charge with the scheduling of everything. It, it, you get new schedules, tracks on different dates, it, new tracks have been getting added yearly. And of course our NASCAR fantasy, you get a little bit of the fantasy in there. You get some betting to go with it. Uh, it's, it's, it gives you another reason to watch really. And obviously that paid dividends for some of us this year and, and not so well for others. <laughs> um, you know, obviously with, with any pros that are out there, you also got to have the cons with it. So races can, can be expensive to go to, especially, um, some of the at track experiences, you know, if you really want to get down to the pits, it costs extra. Sometimes it's limited capacity. You know, you got to pay for, you got to travel to get there. That could be a haul, you know, for me to go to Kansas city this year, it was an eight hour drive just to get down there. So it's, you take a vacation day just to get down there, vacation day to get back, hotel. Tickets can be pretty good depending on which race you go to. Um, like when I went to Martinsville a couple of years ago, it was 75 bucks a ticket. So, I mean, it was, you really couldn't complain for 75 bucks a ticket. Yeah. Um, races can get drawn out. I mean, you're talking <laughs> three, three and a half, sometimes four hour races. So I could really draw them out. You know, and this is maybe getting some nitpicky, but it's just, you know, differences as far as, you know, NASCAR of old to now, no consistent paint scheme. So you're always like, okay, where's my guy at? I'm not, I'm used to looking for the yellow car and I can't see that yellow car. Um, then you always get the racing ain't like it used to be conversation, depending on the person that you talk to. I am definitely not one of those people just because I enjoy all kinds of aspects of racing. I've been able to change why I've been a fan of racing over the years as well um, to be able to, to stay involved in it as well. So, I mean, that's pretty much all that I got. Like I said, I kind of picked the, the low hanging fruit with that. Um, but if I had to pick one series to watch for the rest of eternity, and again, that's theoretical, I would stick with the NASCAR cup series. Wow. Okay. All right. And those are some those are some good <clears throat> so no surprise I'm not going next but I didn't choose the NASCAR Cup series but some of the reasons I mean the old pit crew is always on the same page different series but my reasons are pretty dang similar so um kind of wild and that last thought there the con you know racing ain't like it used to be I feel like that's for that's not for a true fan. Yep. Uh, a true fan that is in this is going to continue to grow and evolve with the sport and, and embrace what the sport's trying to do and the goals and expectations they have. Racing ain't like you know, like it used to be. Yeah, it's not. Um but it shouldn't be either. It evolves correct. with the times it, and it's 2023, it's not 2002. Um, it's not the seventies. It's not seventies. So you got, you can, yeah, you got a choice to make. You can either ride with us. You're either on the ship or you're off the ship and the ship's leaving. And I had, I didn't get to watch a race, but like the, the street race, that's another one. The pit crew is definitely going to next year. <laughs> um, well, hopefully maybe next year, but hopefully at some point in time, the street race. Yeah. In Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, what do you mean? Well, we got to see what schedules look like. Christ, we're still waiting for half of the Midwest schedule to come out. You're talking talking the same month as uh, 
Uh, what's in July? Oh, you got a whole bunch of big races in July. The first weekend in August is Cedar Lake. Yeah, Um, so we can tag team, and I, I'm pretty sure the Chicago Street Race is like July 2nd again, first weekend in July, that 4th of July weekend. We can go down there, tag team that. You guys will love that. Just the uh, the just walker throwing this thing. out there, the World of Outlaws are at Deer Lake, late models are at uh, Deer Creek. Oh, shit. Yep, see, we got problems already. Crisis. Yeah, we got crisis on aisle one. I told you there were some big races. That's why I said you got to wait for the entire schedule to come out. Anyway, July and August, July and August are complete chaos. Oh, they're screwed. You're it's you're gonna miss something. Yep. I uh, but I will say from and the ad track experience, and this is why I think the street race is probably better or arguably better than any other track is everything is right there in front of your eyes. Yep. The infield like. I could get I could get 20 feet from the haulers. Granted, it was through a fence, but at another track, they're on the infield. You ain't getting 20 feet from a hauler. Martins, Martinsville guys. is a good one for that as well. You're not watching these guys on the team roll out grills and fire up a grill and brats, hot dogs, and hamburgers outside their haulers. Like you could literally see that 15 feet from you. So I don't know. That at track experience was 10 out of 10. So anyways. I could talk without further ado. Without further ado, yes. we're going to the Jackman. What series are you watching the rest of your life and why? And I think I got a good inclination. Based on your reaction, I think we were we're sticking to what we were kind of worried about, and we do have different scenarios, I think. Come on, oh, we will see. Yo, come on. You're giving away you're giving away content. Yeah, this is <laughs> all right. Here we go. You'll hear. One series to watch. Here we go. I'm I'm just gonna cut to it. <laughs> Here it is. I'm going Xfinity series. Yeah. You notice there's a commonality in all of my paint schemes here. If, if you don't know what you're following here, but I, I got Xfinity series, and I'm gonna give you just to hear me out on this scenario. Floor is yours. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with the ladder side first. So I took the Xfinity series. Um, I think <clears throat> a con, and it's going to be a pro as well as the parity of the field. Um, you got some cup drivers that can come just dominate. Um, you have some young guys who are going to struggle, and it, it they're learning, and I get it, and that's part of it, which can be a good and a bad for both, both the races. Um, and then I think sometimes when you look at it, you have a lot of, I say roster changes, but driver changes, and you got a lot of, different drivers and different rides throughout the year. So it can be sometimes kind of tough to follow. Are they in this week? Are they out? Are they racing trucks? Are they racing Xfinity? Um, that can be kind of tough to follow, but kind of the last couple of bullet points there, um, and these can be said to any race as well. So again, you can argue them for cup. You can argue them for super lates. You can argue them for dirt races. Some of the races can get strung out and we just click off laps and that's the race. Um, sometimes they could be a wreck fest. Um, you just, Cautions breed cautions, and you can't get out of the way. Um, and then sometimes the tire package can just tire arrow, however you want to say it, can allow for huge swings and strategy that can kind of create the two bullet points above that. So um, I think those are some some big points to what go into this series um, that can be latter parts of the product. 
Um, but I think the pros kind of outweigh that, and we're looking at, um, again, the parity of the field. You got the up-and-comers, and then you got the vets. And you got the guys that Custer or Allgaier or um, some of these other guys that are just – they're going to be there week in and week out. You can count on them. They can be pretty solid locks. Um, the next three bullet points kind of go together. Um, I, I like – I think there's a little bit more adjustability and freedom with the car itself um, <clears throat> in terms of making swings at it and making big adjustments um, as compared to, I feel like, maybe a little bit on the cup side. They've kind of taken some of that away to level out the field. Um, I also just love the look and style of the Xfinity car, the body, the nose. Um, I just, the look are, are pretty sweet. And then the five, the five lug pit stops. I love that. Like it, get the, get the crew into this. Let the crew be a big part of this, whether it be good or bad, you got to learn and grow. Or if you're on top, you're on top. So I think that five lug pit stop money. Um, Old school, most, baby. Yep. Most times they travel with the cup. So they're there night before, Saturday night, Sunday morning races, depending on where they're at. Um, <clears throat> so their fan experience can kind of play into that a little bit as well. Um, schedule changes as well, kind of the same as Van Gerlo talked. Xfinity doesn't quite have as much change recently as the Cup Series has had in terms of new tracks, but they kind of follow NASCAR, so it plays into that as well. Um, and then those – kind of fall into as well the fan experience side of things where um, you might be able to catch some of these guys as you're coming and going where even some of the cup guys might be running the race and you can catch them driver intros or um, other things like that. So, um, yeah, I I went Xfinity Series on this whole deal. So um, that was mine. And we've kind of talked about it, and that's what I went with for my series. So NASCAR Xfinity Series. I am a little surprised you went that route. I thought you were going to go with the asphalt super lates. If I was going to be completely honest, that's where uh, I thought you were going. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was going to be my second pick. Yep. Um, I think one thing to add on as like the pros with Xfinity series is, I think a, a good amount of times they probably put on the race of the weekend. Yeah. I we talked about that. It. We we kind of talked about that. Yep, a series that produces could argue the best racing on any NASCAR series there is. Yep, that's yep. I picked it. I did yep. it. Went there. I'm glad okay. we had the same thought though. Is like the Xfinity series is its own thing and not related. Well, I mean yeah. it's it's related, but. We didn't we didn't bucket the NASCAR series. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It worked well, out good. All right. Last one. Um, I did throw together a quick PowerPoint. Wow. Um joining the cool kids. <laughs> hold on. Oh shit. He's elevating his product. We're yes. learning. Well, as like you were saying earlier, we're just finally catching up to you and, you know, Mr. Sophisticated over there. You know, one of these times you're going to show up with that T-shirt with the bow tie, the tux shirt. That's how sophisticated you are. All right. The guy's trying to give the fans what they want. (laughs) All right. 
Do 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 do. This performance is just like how you gritty. Come on. One series to watch. Um, and I, I don't think it should be a surprise, but um oh, yeah. oh he did oh, oh man. One oh. series to watch the rest of my life. I will give you kudos for the concealment there. That was good. If yeah, you can't I'm see like, it. I've got a button up on. Give me a break. <laughs> you can't see it. Um I tried to fool you with I tried to fool you with McCready, so I I was with you there. You guys weren't smart enough to pick up. I pulled out the old JD hero card. I did see but, that actually. I oh, did. I, I saw it, but I didn't think anything because I'm like, oh, I, you know, he's getting them out. He finally found it somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, one series, and what I'm what I'm watching the rest of my life um, is the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt series. Um, and obviously, like I said, I wasn't, I had everything up here, uh, my reasons. So I don't have my reasons, um, in bullet points, but, uh, I do have my five reasons written down. So in order from five to one, um, with number one being, this is the reason, but number five, um, the reason why I'm watching this. The racing, action-packed, elbows up, 24-7, start to finish. Um, guys are always in there. You got guys running different lines. You got – it's just wild. Um, you don't – you do have it happen where, you know, a race gets strung out a little bit. Um, and guys get singled out and it's like, okay, yep, Ricky's got this one wrapped up. Um, you do have that once in a while, but for the majority of it, you know, the biggest tracks are going to our half mile tracks and that's usually not enough to get, you know, fully strung out and just ride along. So a lot of times it's elbows up, guys are nose to tail, throwing sliders, crossing people over. And then not only that, but I feel like you know, I always mention it, it's like when these guys, you know, in NASCAR, I feel like if, if you got a two or, you know, a two second lead, like it's like they can slowly, you know, cut that gap. In this series, it's like, hey, guy gets up on the cushion in one lap, he can cut a gap like that. So uh, love the racing. Um, so that's reason number five. Reason number four. Um, I love the tracks they go to and the schedule. Uh, obviously, being in Midwest, the damn it, that's contradicting. Uh, I should take out schedule. Love the tracks. Um, because Lucas Oil doesn't do us any favors and do a Midwest swing, so take out schedule. Um, but they are on flow, but. Uh, love the tracks. I just alluded to it. Half mile is the biggest track they're going to. So everything's a lot of bull rings, and that doesn't allow for getting strung out. You're always dealing with a car. You're always dealing with somebody. It's just it's organized chaos on a short little bull ring track. Um, so I love that aspect of it. Um, and again, keeps it interesting. 
Reason number three. Um, love the drivers. And that goes from driving style to them as people. Obviously, we got a chance to meet, you know, some of the Lucas Oil guys at uh, Cedar Lake. At oh, Outlaw Race. Uh, was an outlaw race, but got to meet, you know, some of the uh, Lucas Oil guys. Dirt late model guys just seem like down-to-earth human beings. Again, we all had interactions with them. Uh, good human beings, awesome people. So a lot of blue collar work week jobs, race on the weekends type of people appreciate you coming to the race, which I did not experience at the NASCAR race. So uh, hence uh, why that reason. Reason number two, love the format. Um, I love just a, a, a quick, a quick two lap, hot lap. You qualify. You're in a heat race, and your fate's decided in a heat race, and from there you go. Yep. Um, I do love the format. They're again, it's a one night show. Obviously, it's they get long with when you have a support series running, but um, I just love the format. You get two hot laps, you go qualify. You're in a heat race. You heat race it if you you know whatever. You go to the B main. Or you go to the A main. Um, so I love the format. Um, just think it makes it interesting. Reason number one, which I completely, totally biffed this now that I thought about it, because um, I haven't been to a Lucas Oil race, but the number one reason I had was the experience at track. I can attest. Yep, go ahead. So obviously I haven't been to a Lucas Oil race, but um, I've been to obviously Cedar Lake and watch the World Outlaws and some some Lucas Oil guys. Done all my Lucas Oil race watching on Flow, but uh, would be nice if Flow was the presenting sponsor of this video, but they're not someday. Um, <laughs> but the experience at track, uh, ten out of ten. Merch Road that. I could make my bacon cow go to zero on Merch Road. Literally, you're just walking. You're like at a carnival, but it's carnival trailers, but all the racing stuff you can imagine. Decals, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, die cast, everything. Doors. I mean, everything. So that Merch Road, um, awesome. Love that. Um can find a ton of stuff you can find regular old longhorn gear longhorn chassis gear you can find just anything you could imagine um the they're also cedar lake there was sim work get on a simulator there could try to set a quick time win a prize um so the experience uh the merch road 10 out of 10 and then the last two I already kind of alluded to, and they were up there in the reason, the racing and the drivers. Um, Cedar Lake for me this past summer was a 12 out of 10 experience. First time in a long time I've been to a dirt late model race, probably since I was a little tyke. And that, like, just awesomeness. Being right there, racing right there, and 
nothing better than when those boys roll up on the track and they smash it to the floor and it's like, oh, here we go. Um, the racing's awesome. And then the other thing I alluded to it, uh, the drivers, the, the pit crew, or not the pit crew, the drivers after the race, being able to go down, chat with them, get a signature, ask them really anything you want. And they're like just down to earth human beings. Um, it was awesome. So, and now that that wraps up my presentation, um, I didn't think about it, but like, as I'm talking about these drivers being down to earth human beings and probably a reason why I didn't put on my race team, you know, build your own race team. I'm going Lucas Oil Lamont racing. But one of the reasons is one of the other things why I like is like, hey, a lot of times it's a family operation. You, you go in the pits and you got Bobby Pierce's dad is his stick man. You got their, a lot of their moms travel and run the merch trailer for them. So it's a family oriented operation. And some of these guys, you hang around in the pits long enough and you're going to be sipping a few cold ones with them um, in the pits after the race. So um, that kind of shows the type of people they are. Um, just think they're awesome, awesome people. So uh, yeah, I'm watching Dirt Supers the rest of my life. So, Well, let's yeah. uh, kind of follow this up. Give us, we're going to go around, give us your top three, one to three. What were my top three? Your top three series, yep. So my top three I have written down, Dirt Supers, two was NASCAR, three was Wing Sprints, four was Asphalt Super Late Models, five was Xfinity. Okay. Sorry, that was my top I know you asked for three, but that was five. Yep. So I'd, I'd throw you guys some asphalt super late model love in there. So I had to get that one in at four. Uh I guess I'll go next. Um obviously Cup Series is number one. The thing with asphalt though is that there's so many different things. But if I had again, if we're like sticking to the word of the question, if we're sticking with a series, it has to be the Midwest tour. Okay. ASA right. Midwest Tour. Yep. I just it's I enjoy it. So I I love the races in it. There's so many good races in it. I it I would have to stick with the ASA Midwest Tour. I would love asphalt racing as a whole, but if they were sticking with the series, it's got to be the uh Midwest Tour and then the World Outlaw Sprint Cars would be number 3. Okay. Not dirt right. late models. Sprint cars. That was my first dirt love. I, I respect that. And I would have gone, so I went Xfinity. Can I give him a tie for two between dirt and asphalt supers? I, can I give him a tie? Like, how, how does a guy separate the two? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I, I guess if I, if I had to pick one, oh my God, probably. Well, hold on. What was, what, what's after those two? Let's start with that. Uh, sprint cars. Okay. So sprint cars before, but dirt and asphalt supers, 
love them in different ways. So it's hard to separate them. I love, I love the dirt. It's just wide open, loud pedal the whole time where asphalt, there's a little bit more meticulous to it where um, the dirt side, it can be a little bit more, just mash it and go. Um, but I mean, if I really had to pick, I'd probably go in. I kind of influenced my pick based on, I thought Van Grohl was going to take asphalt supers. <laughs> So I thought he was going to go with that. So I kind of picked Xfinity thinking we were going to get an asphalt super late model. And then I knew we were going to get dirt with cam. So I thought I had my two of my top three covered. But if I had to go that way, like I'd probably go Xfinity. It's the first one to come to mind. Dirt supers, asphalt supers. So uh, I have a hard time separating those two. And I actually didn't pick those two because I had a hard, hell of a hard time deciding between the two. I'm like, I'm not picking one or the other. Yeah. And like I said, with the, like with the asphalt super late models, it's just, there's so many different series out there. I mean, Chris, even up here, you have Midwest tour, you have the Tundra series and you have the life for five. I think are really the big ones up yeah. here alone. Yeah. And I mean, Chris, that takes up most of my weekends up here. They're yeah. between those three series. For sure. So I, I kind of picked against them a little bit because I was expecting you guys to pick those two. <laughs> but ultimately, I just I couldn't separate yep. the two. Now, but I think that also, like, it, with us doing this blind going into this, it adds it just adds to the discussion that we have with this. Correct. And I would think, now I think about this, and Cam had a really good point with this, is one thing I think you miss with some of the NASCAR series is the on-track time where, the short track scene, you get practice, you get qualifying, you get heat races, a last chance, and you got a feature. So you're going to have a ton of time for guys to work on stuff, make changes, get better, run through a heat race, maybe run up and lock themselves in through a B-main, where I think that format to me is super intriguing. Um, and so I that part to me was – that one I missed. I'll admit I missed the format. That was a very good call. One thing I think you get too, and Cam brought this up, as well is I think what separates I, I would say both dirt late models and asphalt late models can't say for wing sprints just because none of us have experienced a wing sprint race versus NASCAR is going down to the pits afterwards to talk with drivers. You get, yep. you have that opportunity to do that after the race and, and be able to talk with those drivers versus NASCAR where you got to pay the extra to even just to get an autograph where you can't necessarily have a, a, a short conversation with the guy too. So I think that adds to that as well. For sure. And I don't know if it was just my, obviously I probably had some bias, you know, thinking back to <laughs> no. the world of experience. Yeah. yeah. What a surprise. But I mean, like that, that world of outlaws, like when you're sitting there and you haven't been to a race in like a, a race like that in a long time, and you're just like sitting there and you're like waiting for cars on track. Like we're sitting there and we're sipping a few brews and we're like waiting for cars to come on track. And all of a sudden they come out on track and it's like, it's almost like an out of body experience. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> you're just sitting there and you're like, your eyes are huge and you're just like, oh my your gosh. In real life. Pounding a little bit. You can feel it in your chest. Yeah. Yep. And you can just, you can see the driver right there in the car got his hands out, you know, doing whatever. And then all of a sudden when they wind those things up and the official gives them the green and all of a sudden they floored it or mash it to the floor, just 
Well, so it's like awesome. Saturday when when my grandpa and one of our co- our our friends that we meet the racetrack, Jim, who gives us all of our radio frequencies. Jim's been to a handful of dirt races, so he knew what kind to expect. Grandpa, he's he's not an asphalt guy through and through, but I mean, I would say ninety eight percent of his racing experience has been asphalt. He's done a handful of dirt here and there, but I was like when you know when my grandma and grandpa went to on a road trip to Aldora one time, and they just happened to be in the area. Um, he was at he was amazed by one just the racing itself, how the guys were riding the curb, but he was also amazed at how well the race ran as a program. You know, caution came out, cars were lined up into position ready to go before the tow trucks even had the car hooked up, like yeah. they were. It was going. He was absolutely amazed by it. Two two random thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to do that someday, too. Plan a family vacation. Hey, you guys want to go out east? <laughs> right around oh, Elbow. hey, we're just so happy to be in the area. Let's, let's go. <laughs> Plan a family vacation. Early June for uh, the World 100 Oh, what a, what a coincidence. We just <laughs> so have to be out here. Let's go. <laughs> you guys want to head 20 minutes north? There's a there's a must-see race out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those are my vacations. But, yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing, too, to that point, too, the Cedar Lake experience, why I love it, is, like, When you get in a NASCAR race or, you know, some of these other races like that, it's like you get to the middle of the race and there can be like this, like race like this. And then like you go down or you kind of just, you hit this plateau and you're like, you're waiting for something to get drawn out. It gets drawn out. And why I think I love just the format, because it's like you get a good mix of racing, you get a break, but it's not a super long break, but it's long enough to like give you the itch. Hey, let's go. Get some more guys on track. Like, I want to keep watching this. Um, so it gives you that good mix of racing. Heat, roll them out there. Interview the race winner. Get off the track. Get 12 more out there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Love the format. Um, yeah, absolutely. I will say one thing after talking about that, that those five reasons right there, right there. Holy shit, am I excited for next summer? Because I mean, <laughs> the crew needs to hit up like four or five of those. The deer There's going to be so many races this Cedar year. Cedar Lake. And we are hitting up a wing sprint race when they come up. Either Cedar Lake again or they're hitting Wilmont, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Wilmont. Wilmont, Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam. Dam. We, are hit, we are hitting a wing sprint race next summer. So, um Book it. Yeah, this, whole, this whole conversation's got me just. It's, easy. it's not even the first easy. of the year. Yeah. Not even first of the year, but the unfortunate part is next year when we go, we ain't going to spectators. We're going on business trips. <laughs> Content. Absolutely. But uh, man, this was good. I, I, maybe, I love these blind reveals. Maybe, these are, yeah. Do you know what we should do? We should go to like three or four races and we could do a an at track race experience, but like wear a hat and each one of us has got to put a put the GoPro on the hat. So you could be like, hey, here's here's four hours of content. Here's the tire changers experience at the Devil's Raceway Park. 
<laughs> well, that's what we were going to have Chase do. We were just going to give him a GoPro and say, get lost. Yeah. Could you imagine? Make sure, that? Make sure you're on the fence when the races are going, though. He, we yeah. have to keep, we'd have to keep leash on him a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Could you, could you imagine taking oh. that GoPro into the Cedar Lake bathroom? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Or yeah. Anyways, so oh, many wow. thoughts that come to mind. But no, that was that was great. I love that. That was that, that was, was a good even, one. It's yeah. not even the first of the year, and I'm already itching to get to get some of these races and yes, get back on the fence and be up close and personal. And I really get the itch, like especially up here when 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 Tudra when when Dells is oh yeah Dells when they come out with theirs Midwest tour. I mean, when everybody comes out with their schedule up here, that's when I really get that itch. So we, I did this and we were talking a little bit in the group chat today. So we, I added a couple kind of one-offs today. Like you talked, we got like the street stock nationals coming up after the first of the year. Um, I who, threw in, we had I a threw couple, in the snowball derby for next year as well. Yep. And we even had, um, I mean, we had a Wisconsin guy go down there and he was on the pole for the street stock nationals. Um, But as of right now, our schedule and Excel sheet has 616 races on it. That is what we are going to try to keep track of every single weekend winners for this, that, and the other thing. Now, obviously, three people cannot uh, cover all that, but we are going to keep a live track of those races for the next coming year. Um, and we're still waiting for a live for five. We're still waiting for the Midwest Tour. We're still waiting for the rest of the ASA Stars National Tour. Um, there's a couple Super Series CRA. There's a couple. We're we're going to be looking at 700 races. We're going to try to keep track of and cover. So and obviously there are a bunch of people out there too that do a good job of it. Um, you know, yeah. we we always reference our our pal over at Super Late Mile Rankings. We call him our pal because we bring him up all the time. Um. He doesn't know it yet, but he's our pal. Yes, he's our pal. <laughs> yeah, he's our buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he has every single super late model race on there. I think we're going to have to try and do too is we just got he he pulls every week, you know, here are the super late model races that are going on. We got to do that with us too, just that snapshot. Hey, here's what's going on this week. Yep. And sure. I think if if people haven't figured out by now, listening to enough episodes, um, obviously we're all diehard racing junkies but you can see we got a good mix of our our own unique niche um if you haven't figured it out our tire changer obviously he's at a ton of um super late model asphalt races um he yeah can't hang out with them in the summer because he's at the track um obviously if you haven't figured out like tonight i Big dirt guy. I love the dirt late model. Haven't been to a ton of races in person, but I love anytime I can watch a race on flow, I'm dialed in. And I would say Kellen's probably out of anybody on the crew, he's the most well versed. Um I'm in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You're just you just beep bop around. You dip uh, your toes in everything. Literally. You'll catch him at the at the Dells on Saturday night and Sunday he's dialed in for the NASCAR race, and then the next weekend he's at Cedar Lake, and then he's down in Davenport. Davenport, yeah. Yep. So watch, sit and watch it flow, and need yep. an itinerary for him himself. But <laughs> um, obviously, like you said, um, we got a lot to a ton of races to cover, um, and as we 
continue to figure this thing out on her own. Yeah. Continue to try to find new ideas uh, and new content creation in whatever way we can you know, touch, on, touch on a series that we haven't touched on before. Sorry, I keep cutting you off, Cal. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and speak of creating content um, and these new ideas, we got one for next week. Yeah. If you guys don't have anything else, last thing we got to preview. Um, oh, yeah. I'm excited for this one, too. And look, look, again, we by any means, the three of us are not very intelligent, but for some reason, when, when somebody sends us a message in our racing, our our Snapchat group chat is quote-unquote named Racing Baby. So, <laughs> um, when somebody throws in an idea of, hey, we need a content idea for the next two weeks, it takes probably about two minutes and we've got six, eight, ten ideas in that group chat that we got options. So um, next week's episode, um, since unfortunately we don't even have any race previews, first time doing doing an episode with no race previews, pretty sad. Yeah. yeah. Sad face. Just a sad episode, honestly. Conversation. Took us uh, 12 episodes to get to that point. So – um, but Dirt Gateway Dirt Nationals is looming. I'm excited to watch some modifieds there, to be honest. Right. Yep. Um, so no race previews, but next week we are doing a certified episode of 2023 Boomer Bust. Um, and our idea with this is we're each already alluded to it, each kind of got our own unique niche. We're all racing junkies but we all kind of you know our my specialty is not Kellen's and cams is not mine so we're going to touch on three different series and we're going to go boomer bust this is what we're going to look at next week is Kellen is going to cover the nascar cup series are you cup series yep. just cup series yep yep he's going to cover just cup series himself and he's going to pick out three teams that boomed and you know overachieved or you know had the more success than we expected and three teams that busted uh really had a disappointing year um our tire changer he's going to his specialty he's doing super late models asphalt don't know which direction he's going to take it but he's going to have a lot of racing to cover <laughs> um, yep. he's going to find out uh three teams that boomed and bust Busted on um, the asphalt super late models. So be interested to see. Tune in next week to figure out where he takes that topic. And then I'm uh, going to be doing it back-to-back weeks. I'm diving into um, the dirt super late model scene. Um, probably actually going to most likely be diving into Luke Soil late model series. So that's going to be – that'll be another fun one. Who, who really performed, who had the results we expected, uh, surpassed our expectations, and who did not reach those expectations. So I'm uh, writing a note to myself because I've been kind of thinking about it. I already have two names that I, we'll see if they end up making my list as far as I won't even tell you what they are, but there's two names on my list that we'll see if uh, end up being some surprises to you guys. Sweet. I love it. I'm here for it. 
And as we wrap this thing up, what final thoughts do the boys have? I'm ready. This is fun, and I'm ready for next week. Oh, for sure. It's going to be uh, – I think Just the shakes are going to come in a little bit this weekend. But uh, I think doing a little bit of research uh, for next week's topics will will ease the pain of no racing this weekend. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. Get you that Phil. Go watch a little film. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, and I can't – I can't actually – I'm actually pleasantly surprised at when we threw this idea out the reasons we all came up with great reasons that I was, I thought, you know, it was just going to be, to be honest, I had a little bit of, wasn't this was really kind of the lackluster episode. I thought it was, I was less optimistic of like, Hey, we're all going to come here and say, yep, we're going to go do, I'm going to go Lucas oil. I'm watching that the rest of my life. And then there wasn't going to be much conversation or reasoning, but. Hit it out of the park. Holy shit. Like I said, we're not very intelligent, but when it comes to racing, contests, <laughs> we can, we can come up with some stuff. So all with the best of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously the, the snowball derby can't forget about that. That was obviously a great discussion to a recap of yep. that talking through the headlines and then obviously wrapping it up with, you know, you're watching one series the rest of your life. What is it and why? So hopefully we don't ever have to have that conversation. Um, Cause that'd be pretty sad, but with that, Hey, don't forget to like comment, subscribe to the channel, hit that bell, get notified every time we put out some content and drop it a like, um, obviously Kellen our Jack man will give him some kudos. He, he is on the content on the shorts. We're dropping shorts all the time. And just trying to give the people what they want, which is racing content. So um, we're put, trying to put out as much content as we can. Speaking of, we hit the 100 mark. Let's go. Forgot. We hit the 100 mark. Yep. Thank you to everybody that is subscribed and has been watching. It's awesome. We didn't think we were going to get that high that fast, but this is awesome. Next, next up, we're going for the 1K. We're going for 1,000. Yep. Yeah. Um. Completely biffed on that. A hundred. <laughs> um, obviously triple digits. Some people will laugh, bluff it off, blow it off, whatever. But honestly, for starting this in, in August and not have an idea what we're going to do, where we're going to go with it, and to just dive, do a cannonball into this thing and say, let's just rip and see what happens. Yep. Here we're sitting beginning of December. We hit triple digits. Obviously, that's not the end goal at all. We're going to keep growing this thing. And if it wasn't for people like you that listen, give us a like, interact with us, um, it wouldn't be possible. So for anybody that's liked, commented, subscribed to the channel, I think I speak on behalf of the pit crew. We're very grateful for everything you do for the channel. And the best way you can pay us is continue to, best way you can pay us, I guess, would be to, hey, Send it to your friend. Send it to a racing buddy. And uh, keep dropping us likes, interacting with us. And then, obviously, we haven't had a ton, a little bit. But biggest thing we want, we want feedback. We're doing this yeah. for you, the people. Um, so if you want a series to cover, you got what you think would be an interesting topic or episode discussion, hit us up on the socials, comment on the on the, on the the video. 
And uh, look, we'll take this thing wherever it leads us, and hopefully it takes us to the promised land. So, <laughs> again, thank you to everybody that's liked, comment, subscribed to us, triple digits on the subscribers. And, uh, yeah, awesome episode, and we will see you guys next week. Boomer bust.